we have a three customer model. We, we treat each other internally like a customer. We treat our reps like a customer and we treat our dealers like a customer. That's our three customer model. And we believe that that experience of each of those customers is critical to provide the best service uh, out there. So today's episode is literally a conversation with an old friend. I met today's guest many, many years ago when I was working at a major brand in global accounts, and he was working at a dealership. And that was 20 some odd years ago. Today, he is the executive vice president of customer experience for Fellows Contract Interiors. I'm excited to welcome Rob Day to the podcast today. Rob and I have a really great conversation about his journey and some of the things that he went through, what's happening at Fellows, some changes in our industry. And he talks a lot about driving a customer experience culture. And you want to listen all the way to the end of this episode as Rob shares some of the important things that Fellows is doing in order to ensure that everyone throughout their organization and their customers and their dealers and their independent reps have a great experience with all their brands. I hope that you enjoy today's episode and thank you for being the best part of our community. The Trend Report is proudly sponsored by Indeal, partners in progress to the commercial interiors industry. To learn more about Indeal, please visit their website at indeal.org. I'm Sid Meadows, and I'm a certified professional coach, and my focus is on high performance and growth and helping my clients move into action. I'm a personal and professional development junkie, an avid podcast listener and reader, and my passion is all things contract interiors. In this podcast, I'm going to provide you with information, education, ideas, and tools to help you in your personal life, your business, and our industry. So let's have some fun and welcome to the Trend Report Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Trend Report. I'm glad you're here today for what I know is going to be another interesting and fun conversation with my guest today, Rob Day, the Executive Vice President at Fellows Contract Interiors. Hey, Rob, how are you? Good, Sid. It's good to see you today. It's good to see you too, bud. So, Rob, for those people that are listening that don't know you, please introduce yourself. Well, I am Rob Day. And as you said, currently the Executive Vice President of Customer Experience for Fellows Contract Interiors, which encompasses at the moment, you've got two brands under that. You've got ESI and Trendway. And um, started in this business at a Hayworth dealership where I met you which was 20 plus years ago. You had to say the number, right? How long ago <laughs> it was to date both of us, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, we, it was a long time ago. And we've look at look at where we our journey has taken us since then. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So just for clarification, I was working at Hayworth as a global account manager. Rob was working at a Hayworth dealer in Georgia as a project manager. And we were working on a Hayworth global account together and uh, did quite a bit of business uh, around the around the country with this one particular account. We'll protect the innocent, not share yep, the name, but right. with that one particular account. And that's how we got to know each other. And that was 20 something years ago and dates both of us. So thanks for bringing that up, Rob. <laughs> sure. So, Rob, tell us, what do you do at Fellows, Executive Vice President of Customer Experience? So talk to us about that role and what you do. Well, 
I'll, I'll say, you know, the, the, the departments that report into me, I've got sales, I've got uh, design, and I have customer service for both brands. And so they're customer facing. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about, and I would tell you we're really passionate about is the customer experience. And we believe that we want every customer we serve, and we have a three customer model. We, we treat each other internally like a customer. We treat our reps like a customer and we treat our dealers like a customer. That's our three customer model. And we believe that that experience of each of those customers is critical to provide the best service uh, out there. Because ultimately, you know, our success is dependent on their success. And if we can't help with that, whether it's through performance, you know, operational excellence on our side, we've got to push that all the way down. So really, I'm more involved in that outward facing customer experience. Although there is that internal piece, it's it's a constant battle to make sure people's mindsets are always thinking that we have to serve each other with the best customer experience. And, and Sid, I got to tell you, it seems at times to me, it is so obvious that having been in this business for so long, I've had some poor customer experiences because I don't care what business you're in, We've all been consumers and we've all called in Mm -hmm. to that call center. And you can tell the person who answers the phone is miserable. They're absolutely miserable. And it, it just bleeds through right to the end user customer. And I don't know about you, but that does not inspire me to want to do business with that brand. So I, you know, I, I, I think that's what I tell our people internally is be the consumer. Think about, And I know it's so easy to say, well, treat people like you want to be treated. Well, I think there's some people that, by the way, I've seen them allow themselves to be treated. I don't necessarily like that phrase as much as just give the best experience. People generally, when they call you or they need you, there's something that is biting at them. They have somebody that's pressuring them. And, And I really try to throw that model out there to let them know you don't know what's going on in their life personally or professionally, just do what you can to help them out. Oh, 100%. Now you said it was three prong, the employee, the dealer, and what was the third one? The end user consumer? The, the independent rep. Cons- oh, the indep- oh, thank you. Yeah, the end rep. Yeah. I mean, the end user is certainly a customer, but honestly, we're not in that direct contact. We have direct contact sure. with each other, with our reps and with our dealers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a few weeks ago, I had an expert in customer experience on my show, Stacey Sherman. She's the director of customer experience at Schindler Elevator Company. And she was episode 58. For those of you that may have not listened to that, we'll drop the link to Stacey's episode in the show notes as well. But she highlighted the importance of it. And I love that you guys are doing it and stepping into it because we all know when we've had something bad, right? And we remember the bad. It stays with us. I mean, if you go into Starbucks and you have a bad experience with a barista, you're not going to forget it, right? Um, and it's going to change your opinion about whether or not you do business with that company again. And I love that you guys are focusing on the employee because it starts there, right? Then the, then the mm-hmm. independent rep and then the dealer and making sure that everybody's having a great experience with fellows. And I would even take it one step further. I look at the dealer as multifaceted with customers built in there. And I constantly am going through an exercise of making a list of who is the customer because I want our people internally to know who that customer is at the dealership because it's the obvious customer. Probably most people would say, well, it's the dealer sales rep. 
Some people might say it's the dealer principal. And I've got a list, right? It, it's the dealer sales rep. It's the project manager. It's the designer. It's the people in accounting. It's mm-hmm. their customer service person. Right. It's the installer. It is the guy at the dock who is bringing the product in. It is our role to know mm-hmm. each of those customers. And it is my responsibility to make sure our team, I don't care where they are in our facility, they could be our customer service. It could be our person who's picking the order, shipping the order. They have a customer they're serving on the other end. They've never met them. Yep. They may never uh, really come in contact in any way, shape, or form, but it's up to us to communicate to our people who their customer is. And know that you have impact on how you serve them. So it's, you know, we constantly have to remind ourselves of that and not take our customers for granted. Yep. Because we need them. We need them. <laughs> yeah. Right. We can't survive without them. And I love that this is a holistic approach within your organization, that everybody is focused on it. I don't know whether you have it written out or not, but you said that every employee knows who your customers are. I've talked a lot. People have heard me talk about this, whether at presentations or on the podcast about creating customer personas, knowing who your customer is, the role that they play, because you got to know and understand them and you got to know who they are and what they do so that you can best serve them. Because that's what your job is. Beside providing product is making sure they have a great experience with your organization. And it's more than just customer service. It's all throughout your organization. It is. It is. And listen, I'll be the first to say we're not perfect. Nobody is. You, you're not, no, you don't have to be, but you have to strive for excellence. Yeah. I, the, the phrase that I had ticking around for a while, I'm sure people got tired of hearing me say it is, our role is to have the unrelentless pursuit of a customer experience that exceeds everybody in the, in the industry. Mm-hmm. And it is, don't just check the box. When you do something, don't check the box. Take it to one step further and make that experience just, just a little bit better. Yep. Whatever, you, whatever it is, you, you decide. Empower the people to do that. Now, I'm going to turn it around just for a second and say that you describe the person that when they pick up the phone you know that they're having a bad day. You can tell when that person calls you or you call into that call center for your phone company or your cable company, you can ease it because that's a lot of times where it is, right? And you can tell they're having a bad day. And you guys, for example, you have the possibility to have a positive impact on someone's day by the way you approach the conversation with them, right? So if they're having a bad day, doesn't mean you have to jump in and have a bad day with them. It means that you have a gift. You've been given a gift right then to change the trajectory of that person's day and potentially their, that person's life. Yeah. It, it, you know, if people would just look at it that way, I think it's those small changes and differences that could change the trajectory of their day, right? It's like mm-hmm. they go home and maybe that one experience is going to take them home and, and be dragging their feet or say, wow, this day ended up on a high. And then it flows into their personal life mm-hmm. and the way they interact with their family, their friends, you know, their pets, yep. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I love it. And I'm so I'm so excited. I did not know this about you guys, and I'm excited to learn that about you. So Rob, let's keep going. I want you to share a little bit about your journey because you talked about, you know, unveiled the carp curtain there and said that we've been friends for 20 plus years. <laughs> so that's what we bet. But tell us a little bit about your journey in our industry. First off, how did you get into our industry? Oh, man. Well, I have a degree in aviation technology and management. And as you can see, I'm doing a lot with it. Say that has nothing to do with furniture, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? If you were to ask most people, you know, we all probably fell into this by accident. And um, yeah, the way I got into it is I 
graduated with that degree and finding a job was not great. All I knew is I'd go do just about anything as long as I didn't have to sit at a desk all day long. Mm-hmm. That was it. Do not make me sit there. I actually had a job in college for a call center. It was collections and it was miserable. Oh. Uh, and that's when I realized, yeah, just get me doing anything else. So I had a friend, my wife had a friend who was in the business and she went to, uh, we all went to the same university and she moved down to Georgia, got a job at a uh, Knoll dealership and actually moved on to the Hayworth dealership. Mm-hmm. And they had an uh, opening for a project manager. And I went down and interviewed. And two weeks later, we packed up, moved from Michigan down to Georgia. And that really started the journey. And I got to tell you, it's, it's been fun because I've seen the business, spent five years at the dealership. Then I went to work for a manufacturer as a regional manager. And that was interesting. It was for an ergonomics company, which actually took me, gave me the ability to travel, uh, you know, to, to Germany and to Denmark, where a lot of the manufacturing was done. Got to see how kids furniture was done, school furniture that opened up a new door, got into the independent rep side of the business, and then eventually moved back into the manufacturer side. So I've seen the business from every side. And I have to say that it feel like it's given me the ability to understand the value and the challenges that each plays in this business. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, depending on where you sit in that order, there's a lot of people that have a misconception of what the other does. Like, oh man, the dealers make so much money. You know, I don't know what they do. I've been on the dealer side. I've been on the sales side. I've been on the project management side. There's a lot of moving pieces. And man, if we can help the dealers through that, that's our role. On the independent rep side, I think a lot of people wonder what they do. You know, they just take people out to lunch, they play golf, you know, do they work Fridays? You know, I can tell you they work. The ones that are are worth their gold, they work constantly yep. and they bring a lot of value. But I understand their challenges. And then on the manufacturer side, I know. Having been on the dealer and the rep side, there are a lot of manufacturers uh, that don't understand that piece of the business. And you can tell the way they interact with you, mm-hmm. they don't understand it because it's almost like, you know, they, they take your business for granted and they don't value your time. I mean, look, you're not going to pay for labor uh, to change out the arm pads that you shipped bad. And so I yeah. end up going to do it. That's my time because I value our customer. So like I said, it, that that journey of seeing the business from all the different sides over the past 20 plus years, it was a great education for me. Sure. And it's given me empathy and understanding of what everybody has to go through to, to get the business at the end of the day. Sure. Now, you, how long were you at ESI before they were bought by or purchased by fellows? Um, I've been there for 11 years and fellows bought us coming up, I think, I think we're going into our fourth year. Okay. Okay. So started there in 2010, I think it was, and we were just a tiny little ergonomic company and, (laughs) uh, boy, we grew that thing and it's, it's, it's been a fun ride uh, with them. Well, and now you've got both brands underneath you. And so Trendway and ESI. And so you kind of, you've been in this ergonomics bubble, if you will, for 11 years and then you fellows and you come together and kind of build out this uh, fellows contract interiors. 
What's it like getting back in the world of workstations and case goods and seating and all that kind of stuff after having been away from it for so long? Uh, interesting. It's been interesting. <laughs> you know, not much has really changed, honestly. You know, when I was uh, on the dealer side, being a project manager, I, I understand product. I've got a very product uh, mind and I know how it goes together. I understand how it works. You know, I understand how to sell a chair if I have to because of the ergonomics behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and then from a, a systems perspective, not a lot has changed. It's Correct. really, you know, you still have the same electrical systems and, you know, everybody has their own way of connecting it and there's their manufacturing. And some people, you know, you realize are true manufacturers, some are assemblers and, and I don't have any, you know, I'm not saying one's better than the other. Everybody does it a little differently, but at yep. the end of the day, there's a lot of good product out there. And even from a system standpoint, I'll say there's a whole lot more, I feel like competition in the system side than there was in the ergo side. Sure. And I've been in the ergo side even before ESI is with uh, another company that was mm -hmm. focused on that product. It's just, it's changed my mindset to understanding what's important to people mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, service relationships that doesn't change. I don't care what it is you're selling, the relationships, the service, how you treat the customer. That still is so important. Product is almost secondary. Your entry is you better have good quality product, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you all know you're going to. That's the cost of entry, the right? cost of entry. Yeah. Absolutely. So everything else you do, I don't care what it is you're selling. You know, it's about the experience. Let the customer have the best experience, the best return on their investment in time. Mm -hmm. If you're an independent rep, if they're my customer, I want to make sure their experience by doing business or representing us provides them a high level of return on their time. Yeah. And then on the dealer side, knowing all the challenges, it's the same thing. So back to the original question, what was it like going back? At first I had to get my leg, my sea legs back and go, okay, <laughs> yep. let's get, let's get my head back in the systems game. The whole AP side of the business is actually new to me. I, I think it's very interesting. You know, there's a lot of people that probably won't, if they're true AP people won't like the way I put this, but a wall is basically a tall panel, right? Whether it's stick built or system uh, unitized. Yeah. So hang on, Rob. So AP, you're referring as architectural products. Yeah. So everybody knows he's talking products. about Trinway's wall system, that trans wall product. Yes. So AP. Okay. Yeah. Not uh, accounts payable uh, from an accounting perspective. <laughs> yeah. Had someone say that the other day. Well, you're an accounts payable? No, no. no. <laughs> So it's been interesting to learn that side of the business, to learn where Trendway fits into the, mm -hmm. the uh, relationship with all the other brands that are out there and understanding the value proposition uh, from the way I like to think of it is how do we make the dealer their life easier, sure. whether it's most profitability, very little punch items. Mm -hmm. Again, it's that experience. Our success is dependent on their success. That's the bottom line. Again, I'll go back to saying either brand ESI or Trendway, we're not perfect. You know, I think everybody right now, I don't care who you are, is challenged by certain things going on in the world, which is logistics and supply chain, labor. There's a lot of challenges we all have, but it's it's how we communicate. And I would say the other thing is how we continuously improve and get better. Recognizing we messed up, 
being very apologetic and not just saying the words, I'm sorry, but actually I feel like that's the one thing is being authentic because you truly feel bad for putting anybody out, right? Regardless of what it is. So, but it's, it's been fun. But you also said something that I think is important is that solving the problem at its root, looking at what caused the problem and then fixing it so it doesn't happen again. That's also part of the customer experience that you talked about before so that the whoever the customer is knows that that problem is not going to happen again because you heard them, you solved it, that you solved it then, but you went back and solved it in the very beginning so that it doesn't happen again. So Rob, let's talk a little bit. You mentioned it. But let's talk a little bit about the changes that are happening in our industry, because the last 15 to 18 months, um, our industry has seen quite a bit of impact. What do you feel are the biggest challenges facing us as we move forward and come out of this if we do really fully come out of it with all the resurgence that's happening now? Well, you know, I think we've gone through various phases of this of what's the impact going to be? You know, in the beginning, people were focused. I remember when we first went into the pandemic, you know, I was, uh, my, we were down in Mexico on spring break and we were watching the news. And each day it changed to the point where, wow, the kids aren't probably going to go back to school once we make it back into Arizona. And they didn't. And, you know, I remember all of us for the most part had this view that, oh, this will be over in a couple of weeks and our life will be back to normal. And it didn't happen. I remember we had a customer who was trying to get acrylic screens from us because they wanted to get their people back in the office by June. They still probably aren't back in the office. This is, you know, like you said, 15, 18 months ago. And what's progressed is we're all wondering, what's the, are people ever going to get back into the office? And I think people got comfortable and were like, yeah, this work from home stuff or work remote, it's great. We can do it. Everybody loves it. And then I think there was another shift that happened that people realized it's not that great. It was like this tipping point happened, whether it was culture, your company culture was starting to get lost or, you know, certain things just weren't the same. I'm not saying it can't be done and it can't be successful, but people are going to go back to the office. We're seeing it. It's starting to pick up. So I feel like that part maybe isn't what people are worried about right now. The most current two-date thing that I think people are really worried about how it's going to affect their business is supply chain, logistics, and labor. I think those are the three things right now. It's not if people are going to go back to the office. It's people are going back and they're ordering. Now, how do we fulfill all the orders? Because I'm hearing you know people coming to us saying this company can't perform and, you know, what do you guys have? Can you yeah. do it? And, you know, lead their lead times are pushing out. What about your lead times? Well, we are, they aren't here, but over here they are. We're feeling it in this category. So it, it is, I think it's the labor supply chain logistics. That is the, the, the thing that's going to be very challenging, not just in our industry in everything. Right. So, you know, Rob, I do agree with what you just mentioned and the challenges facing with the supply chain, with the labor force. And, you know, those are things that the normal people, if you will, can't overcome, right? And I've heard the stories of other people saying, this manufacturer can't do it. I'm shopping around. Do you, I've had people call me and say, do you know who could do this? You know, our normal supplier can't produce this. And I actually saw what I thought was actually an inappropriate post. Um, on a social media platform this past week 
calling out a manufacturer and tagging them in the post for their lead times. And I'm like, oh, there's probably a better way to do that. But those are the challenges that are facing our industry because logistics are difficult. I mean, there are a lot of people that do import components, not if, if not the entire product, but at least some parts of it. That's challenging. And there's no doubt there's a labor force challenge, even though there are a lot of people looking for work. There is a labor force challenge, especially now with people wanting to work remotely, right? And not wanting to come into oh, an office yeah. or not wanting to do certain things. So that we're not immune from that. In, in I mean, our industry is not immune from it than any other industry that manufactures products, right? We're all facing similar challenges. For sure. And I think that, I mean, it's terrible to hear that someone puts out on social media, you know, maybe that's karma that's going to come back, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that way, because I don't, again, I don't know how anybody's immune to it. Even if, even if you say you're American, fully American made product, I would argue that your sub suppliers are going to be impacted. Therefore you will be impacted. I mean, we've seen it, right? We felt it. Well, to your point, Rob, our supply chain is deep. Not everybody makes every component of every piece of product that they sell. And so they buy some components from someone else who buys some components from someone else. And so we have the supply chain in and of itself across the board has been impacted. And I applaud those companies that are trying to bring more supply chain domestically, which is awesome if it can be done with with everything. And that would be a great thing. But it's still a challenge. There's still labor challenges with the supply chain. Whether they're domestic or foreign, they're going to be supply chain or labor force challenges and other things with them. So, I mean, it's it's, it's across sure. the board impact, which then does have a direct impact in sales. And as a sales leader, as somebody that has been in sales in a long time, I'm really curious as to your thoughts about the future of sales in our industry. And we may or may not agree or disagree on this. Well, I think the one thing through the pandemic that people have realized and, and it depends on how and where you want to go with the sales. I use air quote sales mm-hmm. is sales, in my opinion, is still, at least in our business, I still feel like it's a relationship based business. And while we all did Zooms and calls and all of that stuff, people still like to interact with people face to face. And listen, I haven't seen you probably since I don't know how long it's been. I don't know. But to see you in this format. Yeah, probably three years ago, we were in Arizona at a My Resource Library meeting together. I think it's probably three years yeah, ago. I, th- yeah, I like think that. you're probably right. Yep. But at least I get to see you. You and I know one another and I feel like we can pick up, right? Yep. That's that's pretty strong and powerful. But still, the, the time that you spend with somebody in person, it's just different. Well, I agree with you 100% that relationships are important in our industry. But I think there's a challenge around those relationships. And it's not in-person or virtual. I think the challenge exists with developing new ones. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really good because I can tell you that we're developing new relationships as well. And here's the interesting thing. Through the pandemic, we continue to add new dealers. Now, some of those new dealers could be existing relationships, but a lot of them are new relationships. And even worship, where you have a relationship, there's other relationships that you could go build in there. So I think it's interesting how you say that when we sit back and go, oh, yeah, we do business with that dealership. 
okay, that's great. But how many people within the dealership are you doing business with? And then how do you go build the business with those that you're not? Right. Right. You got to go build that relationship and get that business. So that's just one aspect of it, Rob. Building the relationship. Just one. This is such a deep topic. But like building the relationship inside the dealership. And maybe if you're an independent rep and if you're limited access in there, you maybe you can or can't just walk in depending on what state you're in. You may or the policies of the dealer. You may or may not be able to just walk in and update the library anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And that does inhibit your ability to walk around and meet other people or build relationships with other people. You know, there's a safety thing here. Some people don't want to be that close proximity. Some people don't want to see you without a mask on. I mean, there's so many different variables here, but building relationships with people you don't know is a challenge. Reaching and building new relationships with people you've never met at all, you have no contact with, is an even bigger challenge. Look at the A&D community, for example. Right. It's very clear that the, the big leaders, at least is what I'm hearing and what I'm reading is the large A and D firms are embracing the hybrid work model. Yeah. For sure. So let's say you just got 80 designers that work in a building in downtown Phoenix, which where you are and your rep in Phoenix is limited access, probably can't get in there at all. Right. And if you do get a presentation, it's only likely going to be 15 minutes because that seems to be a really big trend. I wrote an article about this a few months ago called the 15 minutes of fame. Actually, it was late last year. 15 minutes of fame because that's all the time you're getting. So how do you talk about your product and your services in 15 minutes? But then when everybody is either, if you even if you do get to go there, half the team might be zooming in for your product pitch or your 15 minutes, right? Yes, it is half virtual and half live. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do you build a relationship with a designer that has the power to specify product that lives in Pensacola, Florida, and you're in Phoenix, Arizona? Well, I don't know that I have the answer to that, but I can tell you speaking to different people and engaging our reps, there's a lot of different ideas that people are coming up with. And and it is, a lot of it is virtual. And that virtual part is like, like I think you just mentioned, it's half virtual and it's half it's half live. And we're even talking about that with Neocon, right? We've got Neocon coming up and normally we do product training and we've got new reps or new dealers. Well, how are we going to handle it with the people that aren't going to be there live? Because let's face it, those are the events. When you go to that live, it's the conversation after the meeting is where the relationship gets built. It's not, you can't do that, right? So how do you do that when when you're doing it virtually? Uh, man, I don't know the answer to that, but I can tell you, I've heard some creative ideas out there involving virtual get-togethers, virtual cocktail mm-hmm. hours. But in time, even this format here, Zoom and Teams and all that stuff, people are getting more mm-hmm. comfortable with it. So the fact that you're going to have a virtual yes. cocktail hour and you have breakout rooms, it, it's challenging all of us of how we do it differently, right? I, I, I think it'll it's going to come back to that in-person you know, if you look back to 9-11, when that shut the, the travel down for a long time for people, mm-hmm. look at how it roared back and to where it was again. It was people are traveling, they're on airplanes, they're not fearful of what's going to happen, and it still got back. So I think it's a matter of time. We have to find this interim way of doing it until it eventually does get back to what I'd say the, the good old days of just that in person, but it's the bridge. Sure. How do we bridge it? 
I love that building the bridge, right? I have lots of ideas and I talk about it a lot, either on the podcast or I write about it in my column for the business of furniture. I did a presentation at Indeal a couple of weeks ago about it as well. I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunity here to build a bridge, right? To whatever is next, be paying attention to what's happening in the world, pay attention to what's happening in our industry. And it's time to think again. Have you read Adam, Adam Grant's book, Think Again? I have not. Well, I'll put that on my oh, list. You put that on your reading yeah. list. Yes, absolutely. Think Again by Adam Grant. And it's about rethinking everything we've ever been taught. Because now is the time. Now is the time that the biggest transformation can happen inside of our industry in all aspects of our industry, especially some of the things that were broken. Because there are some things broken and we don't have time to keep talking about broken things and stuff like that. I would love to talk about it all day, right? But it is time for us to take big, bold moves and make big, bold changes in our businesses in order to move forward. And it starts by building a bridge. And I love that analogy, build a bridge. Build a bridge. Yeah, build a bridge. So Rob, it's really been a great, fascinating conversation. And I could talk about the future of sales for a long time. Uh, we might have to do that again and talk about the future. So I actually need to get you to come on to our Clubhouse Club and talk to us about... I've seen you pop in a couple of times to the club. I pop in, yeah. Kind of hear what's going on. And usually it's like it's like in the middle of something. I'm like, I got to go see what's going on there. <laughs> and of course, my schedule blows up and I got to go handle something. But yeah. Well, we're doing some planning as it relates to Clubhouse right now and some of the things we're going to be talking about. But I'd love to have you come and join us and talk about this, like the future of sales. I think it's really important um, as things continue to move forward. We are moving forward. Business is happening. There's still stuff happening in the world that's impacting it. I think there are some challenges still related as it relates to travel and various different roles in our industry. There's certainly a lot of consolidation <laughs> happening in our industry. So, oh yeah, I mean, just you, you just got to pay attention to what's uh, going on out there. Read, listen, listen to other podcasts. I mean, just pay attention to what's happening out there. And I think that anybody listening to this can pick up great tips that could help them, you know, move forward. But I do want to kind of wrap up and say thank you for everything that you've been doing. It's my pleasure to have known you for all these years, but I'm going to put a little pressure on you. Okay. Just a little. Can you give us a sneak peek about what's going to happen at Neocon? Like what, can you give us a little uh, look behind Rob about something that you guys are going to be showing at Neocon or something? Well, listen, we've got two brands, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got ESI and Trendway and if nobody has been to the Trendway showroom, it's actually across the street from the Mart, and it's on a beautiful location on the river. Mm -hmm. And now, October, beginning of October in Chicago could go one way or the other, but it would be a great way to come and feel free to have a cocktail on our deck overlooking the, the river there and see some new products. Uh, I think one of the exciting things on the Trendway side is we do have some new AP architectural product introductions that have been coming. Uh, we needed for a long time. And I think it's going to, uh, we've already been, while it's just really being released this week, it's our Volo Frameless. Uh, we've been quoting it for a while. Uh, I think it's going to be a great product for us. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I'll tell you that's still relevant is Aramax. That our air product, uh, we are actually delivering an order this week. It's it was for uh, one order alone. It was two million dollars uh, going to a school system. So for people who think uh, in the contract office furniture space, you shouldn't be thinking about air. I think there's some significant volume there to help our dealers who might be struggling 
to go sell some air. We've got specialists who can do that for you. And then on the ESI side, you know, we're making some, actually, we're talking about both uh, brands, making some changes, slight changes to the showroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do have a new monitor arm that we're introducing that we've actually been out selling. But uh, I would tell you on the ESI side, monitor arms, head adjustable tables, those are the things that uh, drive that business. And we've got some exciting new things there that people can see in person rather than just literature. So, well, that's awesome. You know, I think it's, and, and come share a cocktail with us or, you know, even if it's a glass of water, we would love <laughs> to see you in person. That's absolutely right. In Chicago, the first week of October, you gave us a, a, a better look behind the curtain um, than I actually thought you were going to. And you did a little bit more than other manufacturers that have joined us have. So I appreciate you giving us a, a little bit of a look behind the curtain. And I look forward to seeing you for the first time in many years at Neocon this year too. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Hopefully there'll be good attendance. So Rob, if our listeners would like to get in touch with you or to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Well, I would say email is, is a uh, boy. I, I don't know if email is good or bad these days, <laughs> but that's always the easiest way. So our day at fellows.com is probably the easiest way. Perfect. If you need anything, any help, uh, sincerely, I would say my job, my role, our role is to help our customers, our dealers get through this. If you're uh, having a hard time, I know there's a lot that are are having a really good year, but listen, we're here to help. And um, just give me a call, give me a, a, or an email, and we'll certainly help. And then I think, you know, the, the other way is we've got a lot of great uh, sales management team out there. Lean on them. They are their same thing. We all share that same core value, which is we're here to serve. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be sure to drop Rob a link to Rob's email address in the show notes, as well as the link to his LinkedIn profile as well. Remember, if you reach out on LinkedIn, be sure to send him a note. Let him know that you heard him here on the podcast and you enjoyed his episode and tell him what you thought was the best part about it. And uh, Rob, I really, really appreciate you being here, man. I look forward to seeing you in October and uh, go out there and make today great. Okay, great. Thanks, Sid. Look forward to seeing you too. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of the Trend Report Podcast. I'm glad that you're here, and I hope that you got some amazing value out of today's conversation. For more about our podcast and this episode and our other episodes, please visit my website at sidmeadows.com. We look forward to seeing you next week and go out there and make today great.